Welcome to the Hobby of a Lifestyle podcast, a show that looks at how our passions impact lives and drive career choices. I'm Andy Gray, a former national and world champion kickboxer. During my shows, I'll be talking with athletes, coaches, fans and more as I delve into their world to find out what inspired them on their journey. Welcome to episode 7 of Hobby of a Lifestyle. This week I'm joined by former double Olympian Italian diver Nicky Benedetti. Let's have a listen to his journey. Good morning, Mickey. How are you? Hi, Andy. I'm very good, thanks. How are you? I'm very good. Thank you very much. First of all, thank you very much for coming along and agreeing to come on Hobby of a Lifestyle today. It's a pleasure of being here with you. So again, just just tell tell listeners, you're, you're currently sat outside and whereabouts are you at the moment? Um, at the moment, I'm back at the team's office. Just, uh, just got done with... Uh, with practice, I'm a, I'm a coach, I'm a diving coach from Rome, Italy. I'm uh, back at the office uh, having this nice chat with you. It's, uh, it's really a pleasure. Uh, the the weather looks day. glorious where you are. The, the, the weather is amazing. It's a nice sunny July day uh, in Rome. It's extremely hot. Thank God I, I, I coach at, at the pool, uh, outdoor pool, where I can get a little bit of tan and... Uh, and enjoy a dip in the water every once in a while while I'm coaching. Very nice. So, Mickey, you've touched on that there. You're a diving coach. Can you just tell listeners, gro- growing up, your hobby, did it become, was it swimming and then moved into diving, or was it always diving? It has always been diving. Uh, it's, it's a funny story, actually. Um, I started diving when I was uh, around uh, six, seven years old. Uh, I was about to turn seven. Um, it was a little bit, I wouldn't say random, but it was a, it was a particular story. Uh, this is what happened when I was seven. Uh, my mom's sister, so my aunt, uh, her, uh, sons, they, they, they're three siblings, uh, uh my cousins, they were, they were all divers at that point. Uh, they're all older than me. One, uh, Maria is the same age as me, uh, Tomas and Nicola are older than me and they were already diving, all of them. Uh, we had, um, at that point, we were talking about early 90s, uh, we had this uh, house, a uh, big uh, summer house outside uh, uh, in the country, outside of Parma in the north in Italy. It's a family house. We used to stand there in the summers. And uh, this, this house had a pool, obviously. <laughs> and uh, during an afternoon there, my aunt uh, randomly asked me to do a dive, just jump in the water. I was very young and I just took this, uh, just, just jumped in. And uh, when we went back in Rome for the for the Bulls nest for season after the summer holidays, she took me, literally took me from my mom one afternoon and brought me to the pool for my very first practice. Uh, I just went there to try. Just, you know, I spend uh, an afternoon with the cousins. It's always fun. And this particular afternoon was at the pool, a diving pool. And I so I went straight from... Uh, summer holidays swimming in your own pool to diving with skip completely skipping the swimming lessons uh, part you know so from that day on I never quit for, for not even a day where I felt like I, I, I wanted to stop diving and that took me 25 years later to finishing up my career after competing at the 
world level uh, at the Olympics too, because I went twice to the Olympics and uh, graduating from college too. Uh, so making a lot of great experience and knowing a lot of people around the world, making friends and uh, nothing, and just uh, making experiences, learning from around the world. And uh, then now I, I'm uh, four years into coaching. So my career has been, uh, my life has been uh, uh, around diving the whole time. Uh, and w what was my hobby as a young athlete? became my passion right away and then eventually my job right now that's very much where i was heading with that so you as soon as you took that first dive you very much fell in love with the sport of diving yes yes it, wow. it, it was uh, automatic and how how old were you when you started competing in diving oh it it, it was three months after i had my first um, practice it was right away it was uh, i was young wow. but um it was funny it was uh i remember it it was such a long time ago it's 30 years ago pretty much but yeah. i remember it i remember it uh very well it was uh i started diving with the with the newest uh group with the newest uh divers uh i guess i was i was okay and i right away within a couple of weeks i moved to a a group of with a group of divers that started the year before and uh, with, with an older, um, let's say higher in the rankings coach. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, that's, that's what it was. Uh, I started and within three or four months, I did my first regional competition. So the, the Lazio, the region where Rome is located. Uh, so center Italy, uh, it was competition with divers from the center of Italy. And I won it. It was just a wow. one-meter springboard, a one-meter springboard event for really young kids. So it wasn't really hard dives, but um, but I, I I guess I guess I was good at it. I won it, okay. and uh, the week two weeks later, I had um, I had my first national event, which wow. unfortunately I skipped because I was sick with fever. Oh right, <laughs> really? Oh never. So I was in the winter. Yeah, wow. it was part of the journey. It was fun, though. So you must have felt on cloud nine when you won your first tournament. Going, going into yeah. your first competition and winning, that must have just been a euphoric feeling. It, it was... I, I, I've always been uh, really nervous later on in my career. Uh, well, I wouldn't say nervous, but I always cared a lot that the competitions would end up with, with a great result. I remember that one in particular that I, I didn't, my first competition, I didn't have really an opinion before about my, the outcome of the competition. It was just like, eh, okay, I just got to do what I do in practice. You know, it was uh, yeah, very simple that. in my head. It, it, it was yeah. very simple. Okay, what I got to do? Oh, I got to do that. And later on, when I, when I grew up, it, it became a little bit more of a, uh, I, I wouldn't say I, I wasn't anxious or, or it wasn't anxiety, the, the, the real feeling, but it was more of a, uh, I, I, I really want to do good. But what if I don't do good? But what if uh, this guy beats me, you know? But what this dive that is particularly hard that doesn't go well, you know? It, it, when I grew up, it was more a little bit of that. Um, but, but yeah, that one, the, that one first, that first event in, first and the first one nationally i remember it wasn't it wasn't that big of a deal i was just having fun and that's what it has to be 
I think. When you, yeah. when you go and compete, if you're having fun, uh, it, it's, uh, it's, it's easier. If you think about just enjoying what you're doing, it's a bit easier. Yeah. So you, you've entered your first tournament at six, seven years of age. You've won your first tournament. Then you've, you know, you've maybe missed the first national event, but national events start becoming... Is that birds in the background? These are birds right here. I'm under a tree. That, it's a, that is amazing. <laughs> no, I like that. I like that. I'm jealous it's of the sat that you're sitting in. Oh, yeah. Well, it's it's raining in England, so I'm jealous that you're sat in the sun in Italy. Um, moving on right. to national... How old were you when you started competing in national events for national titles, for oh, well, within the Italian... You know, the diving uh, scene is, is very small. And it was even smaller 30 years ago. Um, so uh, you step from regional to, to um, a national right away. And uh, it was, so it was a couple of, I'd say six, seven months into my first season that I went to uh, the second leg of national uh, uh, competitions. So it, it, this is how it used to work. Uh, now it's a little bit different, but. It was uh, um, one regional event for that age group, and then two nationals, and then the final in the national event, uh, the, 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 the national stage. So it's one regional where you qualify for the nationals, two reg uh, national legs, and then you have the final, uh, the national final. So it was pretty simple. Uh, I, I did my first regional, I won, sk had to skip the first national, did the second leg of the national, and then the final. It was right away going for a, for a national title, even if you're wow. so young. It's, it's, it, diving is a sport where you have to develop your skills right away. If you don't, you can't reach um, high, high, really high levels. Like, a lot of a lot of uh, Olympic champions um, are, or world champions are very young. Like you can become a world champion at fourteen, like Tom in in the UK has done. You know, yeah. Tom uh, Tom Daly. Uh, he's he's he has been around uh, in the world elite group since he's uh, 13, 14 years old. Yeah, of course. In, back back in two thousand nine, Tom Ward won the world championship here in Rome. And he was, I'd say, 14 or something like that. So yeah, he was very young. Yes. He was very young. Um, so this is, this is what it is with diving. Like, you got to develop your skills right away. You got to be at the high, high stages, high level uh, right, right away. Like, uh, big competitions happen very soon in your career. Uh, so if you're good, you get their barriers. Okay, uh, and and then uh, and then if you if you stay strong both physically and mentally, you you keep going for for a long. You you can keep going for a long time. I I quit my career when I was thirty three, something like that. Um, thirty two, thirty three. Uh, and I gotta say, I was good when I was young, but I reached my peak when I was uh, much older than the others. The average of a regular diver. Um, I, I unfortunately I didn't qualify for the for the Olympic Games in 2004 and eight, in 2008 when I was at my uh, when I was at the average peak. Uh, yeah. But I but I did qualify for London and Rio in 2012 and 2016 when wow. all, all of the divers of my age 
were already at the third Olympic Games or were retiring because they were too old, you know. So that's a, that's a little bit what it is uh, with diving. You, you start very early, and you got to start early, and you got to peak early, I think. So how how old were you when you started competing at a world level? World Junior Championship, I was 15. World wow. Junior Championship. Uh, World Junior was so, it was an okay meet. I, I remember it was Czech Republic 1999. I was 14 going into 15. Uh, and um, uh, it, it was, uh, it was uh, good. Uh, adding into the last dive on the three-meter springboard event, I was fourth at uh, two points dividing me from the third and four points divided, uh, dividing me from my great friend uh, uh, who unfortunately passed away from the UK, Gavin Brown, uh, my great friend. Um, he was uh, second at that point. Uh, a Chinese guy was third. I was fourth. And uh, last dive, I missed the bottom of the dive, ended up eighth. I think. Oh, really? And uh, yeah, and I remember two of my best friends in the diving world went uh, first and second Alex uh, Depati from Canada and Gavin Brown from the UK. Uh, they, they were first and second or first and third. I don't remember correctly. If I don't remember correctly, they were either first or second, yeah, first yeah. and third. Uh, but great memories. That's, that's when I first uh, went to the world championship uh, stage. Um, it was in Czech Republic, 1999. Yes, but before that, I did other international events. When I started with the uh, youth national team when I was 11. That's very 11 early, years old. 11. That years is old. amazing. Yeah, that is amazing. So, is. do you feel that those world championships? I know you were competing at other international events, but was that junior world championships? Was that a, a, a magic moment for you, which made you realize this is something that you really want to pursue now as a career and, and push on to the adult world championships? Yes, it was a big turning point, uh, that world championship. I, it, it gave me the first uh, look at diving from a, a global perspective. Like It was the first time. I, I've been to international meets before, so mainly with European divers. Uh, sometimes I met Americans and uh, Canadians or Brazilians. Uh, but that one in particular, I had Asians, uh, Australians, uh, South Americans, North Americans. I've had like everyone there. And those, with, with most of those divers, I went then through with, for, for, 20, for 20 years, I, I became friends. I had rivals. I had... Uh, uh, experiences, I had competitions with all of them, so that was the, the turning point where I met really the world elite in diving uh, junior at that point, but then they became my friends and rivals on the boards and platforms for the next 20 years with, with, with some of them I really became great friends like uh, with, with that one guy from Canada I was talking about before with Alex Depati we we share a, a tattoo together like we have we're really bros like wow. meaning that we That's lived amazing. with each other when when i spent uh, my year in canada after i graduated from college i lived together with him you know we were uh more than buddies we were we were brothers he he, he comes here to uh, spend holidays with me so it's that one that one trip in czech republic it was 
a turning point. I met I met the first uh, uh, the first little like diving girlfriend, you know, the this German diver that was for a couple of years. Like we had a little thing going on at, at wow. So, you know, it's it's you know you make those first life experiences that you cherish the rest of yes. your life. And I and yes. it's been twenty years now because it was nineteen ninety nine, and I still remember it. I still remember the girl. I, I still remember the friend. I still remember the coach there that might have said a nice word about me, you know, about my diving. That gave me that little advice that I that I brought with me within, like it, it, it was in my experiences bag that I carried with me my whole career. So it, it's it's I really think that is it has been an awesome experience. And I think you're very much you you epitomize what this podcast is about when i listen to you mickey it is about how has your hobby impacted your life so yes you've had some fantastic success with the national team internationally you've been to world championships european championships you've been to olympics but i'm getting a lot of you've made so many memories and friendships from from your hobby which is much more than just a medal and i feel that those experienced this, this is really what Hobby of a Lifestyle podcast is all about. It's about exploring, yes, the successes, but what else did you gain from, this, from the experience of your hobby? Okay, the, the biggest success for me, it, it, well, I, I, I got I to gotta be honest. Going to the Olympic Games, for me, at one point when I was around 25, 26, 27, and I missed two Olympic Games, going to Olympic Games was the main objective for myself. But now that I'm done, now that I'm teaching, that I'm coaching diving, I can honestly tell you that the biggest medal is making your hobby and your passion your job. When your job, when, when your job is the thing you love doing and the thing that doesn't, is not heavy doing, like it doesn't make, make me wake up in the morning going, Oh, I gotta go to work, you know. Yeah. No, when you gotta go do what you love, that—that's the gold medal, man. That—that's definitely what everyone should look for. Going, going every morning, going to do a job that makes you go, oh, damn it, I gotta go to the office. Oh, damn it, I gotta, I gotta spend eight hours with that person I don't like. You know, as I tell you at the beginning um, of the podcast, uh, I said I went and I got into diving because my cousins were divers and my aunt brought me there. Well, funny thing, 30 years later, I coach with the other two coaches of the team are those two cousins. Wow, that's amazing. And my aunt was on, on another team, not the same team, but. She she works in a man. She manages another team, so we're all still here. We all still love it. We wouldn't have done that if it wasn't a passion. If it wasn't an hobby. If it would if it would have been heavy to do, tough to do. You know, tough yes, to approach the pool every. We, we wouldn't have done it. So that's the gold medal. It makes you. Yeah. It, well, of course you got fights, and sometimes you, you get sometimes you get mad at each other. You know, because. Things they're normal. You're in the family. You're in the team. It's normal that it's like that. But yeah. that has never brought us down. Like you know, it, it, it's even easier when you love the thing you do to find a, a solution to 
it's really, it's just, uh, you know, when it's a hobby and it's a passion, it's easier to do anything you are doing. And that's, the, that's what it has been for us all this time. That's amazing. Uh, and obviously, we, we talked just, just before the podcast started recording about your time in America. Can we just touch on that a little bit? So you've been competing up for the national team at international events. You've started going to world events. What, what, what made the decision to go to America to go to college? It, it's, um, this is what happened. I graduated from high school in 2003 end of 2003 uh the following season was the first time i tried to go to the olympic games right it was athens 2004 that i tried to go to and uh uh didn't go as planned i was uh, i was in a stage in my life a period in my life where i i remember having a conversation with my dad at one point not knowing what i wanted to do but talking about the future after diving like at that at that one point I wanted. I want. I know. I knew. I wanted to go to the Olympic Games, but I kept saying, "I don't know what I want to do in life." What What do I want to do in life? I kept repeating that to myself. That one particular season, and the only two things that I said in Tucson that I, that I knew they 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 were there. It was diving, and the the one thing that I kept repeat, repeating since uh, my. Um, since a couple of years in school, I kept repeating, I want to graduate from an American college because there in the U.S. you can both dive and, grad and get a degree. You know, there's, there's, these, uh, there's the, the NCAA and the collegiate, athletic collegiate uh, system in the U.S. that go along with, with, the, with the academics. Uh, so you have this figure in uh, American colleges that is the student-athlete. Uh, student and athlete combined you you can easily do it there very easy because i always i always repeat to people that ask me about that uh, about that uh, experience if i've done it anyone can do it because i i'm i wasn't like very nerdy dorky guy I, I i didn't really put myself on the books that hard like i didn't love studying when i was in high school but i'm not i'm i, I don't consider myself dumb but I consider myself an average guy that loves sports and studies what he likes to study. So in high school, I had a hard time after four hours of practice sitting and studying what people told me to study. That, that's, that's the thing. Yeah. When, when in, the, in the U.S., I went there. I knew I wanted to do it because I had so many friends that were doing it. And, and I heard the experiences of American colleges. So... It, it was the passion about diving that brought me there because I will say I got a scholarship thanks of diving. And, uh, and the, the need, not, not the need, but I wanted to get a degree from university. I didn't want to be like, I knew that for my future, I really needed that piece of paper. And the best way to do it, to gain experience for my future life was going somewhere else, going to the U.S., being able to become a great diver and get a degree. And also I wanted to, being 20, I want to, to gain some experience, make a different experience that the average Italian guy does. Um, so that's what brought me to the US. Uh, it was an experience that I, I heard about and I wanted to try. I thought I 
I was good enough to do as a diver and as a student. And one experience that a little bit scared me before going, but within a month in the U.S., I I thought it, it could have been the in and it could have been one of the best experiences of my life, and it, it resulted as one of the best experiences in my life. So, and how very is, happy with that choice. As as a coach now, how do you how do you portray that experience to the young people you work with? Do you encourage them? To, to venture outside of Italy and, and travel around the world and potentially I, go do education in America or elsewhere? Yes, yes. I've been suggesting a lot of younger divers in the past 10 years since I graduated. Uh, I suggested them to go to the U.S. I tried to... What's that? Sorry, I was just going to say, what is the, the one piece of advice you would give a young person leaving home to travel abroad for education? The one piece of advice, uh, it would be, uh, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of anything, of failing a class or not being good enough at what you are doing. I, I, I remember one, one friend of mine that didn't end up going to the S was like, I'm afraid I'm not good enough or what they expect expect from me, you know? They might okay. expect more than what I can give them. And and that's not that's 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 not the right approach in this situation and in life in general. You do you do. Do what you gotta do. If it's fine, they'll they'll shake your hand and tap your shoulder and be like, Good job. If it's not enough, well you tried. Better than not trying, you know. That, you give it a shot. You you'll never know if you're good enough until you try. And so, how was how was your English before you went over to America? It it was okay. Uh, I I passed all the English exams, so I guess it was above average for a foreign yeah. student. But I learned learned so much there. Learned so much within a month. I was I was like a sponge. I was just like learning and learning uh, words and uh, slang and. Uh, things uh, w way of sayings you know um, I remember I remember uh, one one day at the, at the friend's house uh, I I was uh, I was telling him oh well I, I feel like I'm learning a lot it, this was like one or two weeks into my US career you know I just got there and I'm sitting at the patio having a beer with him um, and he's from Finland, by the way. He's one of those friends that I met throughout my international junior career, you know. He was already there in the U.S. Uh, we went to the same college. Uh, and uh, he was the only person I knew at Arizona State at, the point, at that point. Uh, and he goes, uh, I, I told him, I, you know, I'm learning a lot. I'm learning even uh, from with all the homeworks. And I put an S at the end of homework. Uh, I'm learning a lot with the homeworks that I'm getting from the teacher. And he goes, well, you want to learn another thing? Homework is one of those English words that doesn't need an S at the end. And, and I was like, oh, thanks. Like, like, and he goes, fish, money, homework. They don't put, it's even in plural. When you have more of those, it's still homework, no S. Oh, thank you. So I, I remember this story because I was telling how much I was learning, but actually I kept on learning by saying that I was. It's just like it's not. It's no easy thing to do 
to leave your your whole world, your your life and your family behind. No, I can uh, imagine. And go and go on the opposite side of the world, where you are like nine hours a time difference. Yeah. Uh, there's a garage <laughs> closing behind me. Sorry, guys. Uh, I thought you'd been attacked by a lizard. No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, so it's it's no easy thing to do. But I, as I said before, if I did it, anyone can do it. If you approach it without fear, without um, uh, being afraid of, of mi- missing people here or messing up things there, like just got to yeah. be smart about it. Don't get arrested. Yeah. Do your thing and you're fine. <laughs> well, and, and people are very much their, their own barriers, aren't they? People put that put make excuses before they've even made a try at yeah. doing something. So I agree. It's we, very much about having a yeah. goal. Yeah, we say in Italy, we say people put they, their hands in front before falling. You know, yeah. you know, you're not even started falling. You're already like that. You you put your hands ahead in defense. No, just do it. Just just approach with it with your brain turned on. Yeah. Turn your brain on. Don't don't do anything that you. It, it, a common rule would be don't do anything that you wouldn't tell your mom you're doing. You know? <laughs> yeah. So be smart about it. You know, we, we, I've done things that I didn't tell my mom when I was in college. Don't get me wrong. But if you overall, in the important things, approach it with a with brain on, turned on, uh, you're, you're going to be fine and you're going to enjoy it and you're going to make a great experience. You're going to come back after five years from college and you're going to have a lot of friends, new friends from the U.S. And the funny thing is that the real friends, the best friends that you have in Italy, well, where, wherever you're from, they're going to be there when you come back. That, that's the one thing I was afraid of before going. I, I'm going to lose all my friends from Rome. Uh, this is scary. And one of those good friends told me, it was a diving friend. He told me, well, you want to know what? The real friends are going to stick around. Even if you're on the opposite side of the world, if you're hours of like 15 hours flight away, like screw the ones that, that, that will leave, that they're going to disappear. And I came back and the real ones, they were there, you know? Still there. That's fantastic. Plus so- the ones that I made in the U.S. Of course, so you've just got a, yeah. an international network of friends, not yes. only from diving, but from college as well. So when you yes. were at college, were you still competing at world level? Yes, 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 yes. I've, I've been able to, um, I managed, I managed both the college career uh, as a student, as an athlete, and my international and even national diving career. So it was tough at one point. I remember one season, it was the 2008 season. I had uh, two important meets in the U.S., an exam, and European Championship, and World Cup. And they were, uh, they were the exam, the uh, psychology exam was in Arizona, of course, because college was there. The two um, conference and NCAA meets, so the collegiate, uh, diving co- in college career, I mean, uh, the, yeah, the diving meets uh, in college were in uh, um, what state of Washington, so um, close to Seattle, and the other one was in uh, Minnesota. 
uh, and Europeans was in Eindhoven, Holland, uh, and um, World, World Cup was in China, Beijing. Oh, wow. So within a, a, a seven-week span, I went to all these places and competed and took an exam and had to do my homework for the other classes. Uh, so I, I had a lot going on. It wasn't easy, but I oh, managed I to do everything. And am I right in believing you won a medal at the European Championships? Yeah, I, I medaled in 2006 after my first, uh, my first uh, season uh, uh, in college. I came back and I medaled in the synchronized diving platform event in Budapest. Wow. And wow. I medaled again in 2009 individual on three-meter springboard. So two completely opposite uh, events. But while I was in college, those five years between 2005 and 2010, my, career, my diving career uh, took a big turn. I was, uh, I was a platform diver and w when I went there. And when I came back, I was a springboard diver. Uh, okay. I, I took a, it, it took a big turn there. It was, uh, it, it was a big turning point those five years uh, where I was supposed to be a platform diver for my entire career. I ended up not going to the Olympics both times I tried on platform, but actually went twice at the Olympics both times I tried on springboard, you know. So it was, it was a funny thing. But what was funny at, the, funny at the end, while I was going through those 2007, 8, 9, uh, 2007, 2008 particularly, it was tough years. It wasn't, wasn't easy at all uh, trying to go to the Olympics for a second time messing up not going uh that's that's what made me think okay now now is the point uh in my life in my career where i could just say okay gotta do something else gotta find the the motivation you know a new objective new thing plus i had so, my wrist that was really messed up did, did you did you nearly write off the olympics as a dream because you had failed twice no 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 uh, i wanted to go <laughs> no, I just me, wanted to ask. Me, yeah, you know, it took me a minute, a minute to say, okay, I, I want I, I don't want to quit on that objective. The life, it was life. I remember back then, to my girlfriend at that time, I told her, I would give an arm to go to the Olympics. It was the one thing that I was missing. I, I, I was literally at the point that I would say, if they ask me, go to the Olympics, but then you, you won't have your arm ever again. Well, <laughs> I would have gave my arm. That's, really? that's also saying that we have in Italy, yes. It's, it's a way of saying, like, I would give my arm to have that, you know? Yes. And I, I've said that for the Olympic Games in my life. So, and uh, that, that, that's it. So it was at that point. It was I want. I want it. I want it with all my heart, with all my everything. Like that was the one thing that I would have never been without that, without accomplishing that, uh, that thing. That how? How did you feel when you qualified for the Olympics? It was just here that Mickey's signal unfortunately went. But don't worry, here he comes for part two. Well, thank you very much for, for coming back for take two.
Mickey. Yeah. For, for the listeners, Mickey had to dive into the pool to save a, a drowning child. So he's been a hero. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. No, hopefully oh, that is never going to happen. That's, that's a night. That would be a nightmare. But yeah, sometimes, sometimes I've seen it. Never Not happened to me. Fingers One, crossed. Once, a funny, funny story. Um, my my girlfriend my my girlfriend is a is a coach as well we've right. been diving together for years and now we coach together um she uh, it happened last year that one of her divers she coaches the really young ones the five six years old and one was faking to drown and she she had to jump in the water he was just joking but uh, as a reflex we right away we we get like there's a danger or something you just jump in the water and take him out. Well, she had to do it and oh didn't goodness. like that kid ever again that much. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, it was funny. We, we uh, made fun of her quite a bit. But she I did the right you. thing, you know. I'll t- I remember being younger and I was away with my, my dad and when I did kickboxing when I was younger, we used to go away to kickboxing camps every every summer. Okay. And there was an on-site pool where we used to stay and the lifeguard was just very attractive. So oh, yeah. I-, I pretended to drown. <laughs> and she, but she knew I was pretending, and she dived in and saved me. Yeah, and it made my summer. I absolutely <laughs> loved it. <laughs> hey, probably not the same from from the other side. Let's get back to getting back to serious. Let's be yeah. serious. We were on about the Olympics, and we were talking about what it was like to qualify for the Olympics. You know, that was the ultimate goal that you had said you had given arm for it. What was yeah. what was the feeling like when you when you qualified for the Olympics? Okay, it, it's funny. It's uh, I, I I like the fact uh, uh, that both my Olympic qualifications happened on the same day. It was February twenty first, two thousand twelve, and February twenty first, two thousand sixteen. Wow! So it happened exactly the same day, four years apart. So I guess that's a special day for me. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and it was just it was just the best feeling ever when. When I qualified for London, so my very first time that I qualified, I was just like in perfect shape, uh, peak of my career, I guess. Um, worked really hard uh, getting there because I had a, also had a lot of back pains like a month and a half, two months before that qualification, those trials pretty much. I, I, I suffer, suffered a little bit. I'd say end of December, beginning of January, and then again, February 20, 21st was the day of the, of the competition at the World Cup in London. And so that month and a half, I remember I worked very hard with my psychologist, with my physio, in the weight room, uh, in the pool, of course. I was really like, on, I was perfect. And I guess that if, we, if it wouldn't have happened that day, I, I guess I didn't have that many chances ever again. So... That day, I remember it getting out of the water after my last dive, knowing uh, you, you gotta understand that when a diver dives, a high level divers, diver gets in the water, he right away realizes more or less what's the score. So you get in the water and you, you automatically, you're underwater and you know, okay, I'm gonna get out of water, I'm gonna hear seven or eight or three, you know, when you. Yeah miss completely yeah so i do my last dive i know i'm i'm diving very well i'm nailing every single dive i'm doing perfect i'm in great shape i, f- I physically and mentally I'm, I'm doing great i get out and 
everyone is cheering. So even before hearing the, the, the scores, I'm like already, you know, I, I'm pumped. I get out. I see that I, I to, to qualify, I had to get at least between the 18th, 22nd place, okay. more or less. So I get out of the water and uh, I knew that I was way ahead of that. Uh, at that point, it was the World Cup. I was, uh, I, before the last dive, I was around the 10th, 12th place. I nailed my last dive, so I'm, I have a gap. I have a margin, to, a, a margin for error, but I yeah. didn't miss the last dive. I get out, the first thing I do, I hug my, my coach and uh, right away grab my, run to my bag, grab my phone, call my mom. She starts crying right away and, uh, and call my dad right after. And he's, she, he was in the office, starts yelling and everyone was like freaking out what was going on. But yeah, those were the first two calls. Same thing happened four, four years later, exactly. And it was a little a different setup. Yeah. So I was a little bit older. Uh, I was uh, 31, 32. Um, yeah, I, I was 31, I guess. <laughs> yes, 2016. Uh, so I was a little bit older. I struggled a little bit more getting there in the previous four years span. Um, and I felt like at that point, going from... 28 to 31 and working so much if you don't get paid back yeah it it, it would i would have suffered a little bit more than the than when i was younger and didn't make it to the olympics yeah of course because when i could have quit before you know all that these thoughts came to my mind like i could have done something else these four years and so getting there i was a little bit it was a little bit more heavy on my heart and mind um but I go there, I enjoy the moment, you know, I just do my dives, same thing, I end up in the top 10, I guess, uh, don't rem- yeah, I guess I was 8th or, or ninth at, the, uh, at that point when I qualified, so I, I had margin there too, yeah, but I get out, and on the phone, before calling my parents and my girlfriend at that time, I remember I cried, it was the first time I cried for joy in my life. First time that I was so joyous, so it was such a warm feeling inside my heart. It was the very first and the only time right now that I cried for joy in my life. Wow. And I, I cried out of joy, just like how happy I was, how, yeah. what a relief it was. Yeah. Um, and, and I had no problem both times qualifying. Like compared to the, to the 2004 and 2008 trials, I was a better diver, like completely a better diver, mentally, um, physically, uh, even like doing springboard and not platform, like uh, my body was doing better. Like I wasn't in pain because of my wrist, like I was when I was when I used to do platform. So it was just like a relief when I was relieved. I felt like ah, I did it again. I'm, I'm I felt great. I That's felt amazing. just like I felt great. It was. So it was you've good. you've qualified for the Olympics, which is just an amazing feat in itself. Let's talk about your first experience when you arrived at the 2012 Olympics. You know, oh, you, you walk into the stadium. I mean, obviously, being English, that ceremony was it was, was a spectacle. It was amazing. Yeah. What a spectacle! What was it? What was it like being a competitor representing your country, walking into that? I'll, okay, so first of all, about the opening ceremony at the Olympic Stadium in London, it was. Um, 
it was a great, I, I heard that it was a great ceremony uh, watching it the whole time. The thing is that uh, not many people realize this. All the, the athletes that do that, the parade, the, that walk in the stadium, the three, four hours before, they're just waiting outside. So we didn't see anything, but the, the, the awesome thing about London is that the Olympic Stadium was really close to the Olympic Village at Stratford in London. So we walked. We walked from the Olympic Village into, to, the, to the stadium inside. So while we were walking, it was packed with people cheering you on. Uh, it, it was just... It was awesome feeling the people there yelling and clapping their hands and cheering for us walking inside. And, and it was packed. It was, oh, yeah. there were a lot of people. There was Usain Bolt in front of us because Jamaica is just right, right before Italy, a couple yeah. before Italy. So we were right there. There was Usain Bolt. So when he showed, it, we were all in line, starting from A to Z, you know, so, and the UK at the end. So we were walking in and people were just like cheering on, seeing all these famous athletes, uh, not me, but like example, uh, Usain Bolt in front of us or uh, another uh, flag bearer was um, Djokovic from, um, from Serbia. Serbia. Uh, so there were, there were just like all these famous athletes with us um, and it was just great with all the people. So that, that was amazing. And, uh, I remember another thing that I remember was getting to the Olympic Village for the first day. It was just like, I was, my mind was blown away. I was like, oh, this, this is just like a little, little town with only the, the they're just the best athletes in each sport yeah. from everywhere in the world. Like you, as I previously today, I was telling you how I felt, uh, uh, it was a little bit of a turning, it was a turning point when, at my first junior world championship, yeah. I felt like I was with the elite of the junior diving yeah. and the future of diving. Well, when I walked there and I saw all these people wearing like clothes from their country and uh, representing their country, just walking around each other, it was just like beautiful. It was just like great feeling. I was with the best people in sports. Which is ever. amazing. It's amazing here yeah, because um, on one of the previous episodes, I had Chris Cook, who was also a double Olympian. He was the breaststroke mm -hmm. uh, British record mm -hmm. holder. So he talked about his first experience just being, you know, he had, like yourself, had done Europeans, he had done Worlds, he had done Commonwealth mm -hmm. Games. But it was a surreal moment to be stood, as you say, with the elite from the elite. each sport. You, get, you don't get any around. better in sports. No. You, know, you don't get any just, better. It's a surreal occasion. Yeah. It's, it's beautiful. I loved it. It's, it's something that when, when I remember, when I got my pass, my accreditation, because it's the first thing you do when you get there, they give you your accreditation and it, you look around and you take a walk in the village, you understand like where your building is, where the diner is, like all this stuff. You walk around, you start seeing people that you know, because in the aquatics world, uh, we, I, I know people from swimming from another country. I, I, for example, I met uh, one of my college buddies from Arizona State that was there swimming for Israel. Wow. Um, yeah, so I, I, I met a tennis player, Alize Corne, which was, uh, she's a really good tennis player. She was there um, and she used to date one, one of my roommates, a diver from Austria. 
Why? So I, 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 yeah. So you know, it's it, this, the sports world is is huge. But if if you have traveled and you have seen places, yeah, it becomes a little bit smaller. So yeah, you walk around in the village, you see people, and you really feel like okay, this this is the best of the best. Like yeah. here, and, it can't get any better. Yeah, and when you're in that situation, and I've asked people on previous episodes episodes about this, was it? Was there a moment where you went, oh my goodness, the, the occasion's too big? Or was it a fact, or was it a case of actually, I'm here, I've arrived, and it's now time to go out there and just give the most amazing performance because this is something I want to do again? Okay, so I, I, there was a moment. There was a moment where I was like, oof, there's 17,000 people on the stands watching you. So yeah. if not the biggest, probably the biggest, but if it's not the biggest, it's top three biggest event I took place at. Well, the um, crowd that was in front of me, watching me. So I stand on the board for the first dive, yes. And I'm like, okay, this, this is it. Like, if you're not in good shape, mentally and physically, your legs start shaking. And in diving, you don't have time to recover. Your dive lasts one, one and a half second, one second. Like, it takes, it's like that. It takes a second and you're done with your, with your dive, you have six dives. In, in my event, it was six dives, and they all last one, one and a half seconds. So you, you don't have time to have your legs shaken, you know? It's yeah. not like a, a, a football, a, a soccer game, a football game. Yeah, you guys call it football, not soccer. Yes. Uh, it's not like a football game that lasts 90 minutes, and sometimes even more if you go to overtime. Yes, and of course. You know, and that's that's what it is. You, you got to think that um, diving is a little bit like uh, shooting a penalty, yeah. shooting a penalty, but where the goal is a meter wide and half a meter tall. The mistake is really close. So I stand up on the board, seventeen thousand people watching me, and my my parents were on the stands because my parents uh, luckily they've been able to come to London. Um, with my sister, my best friend is there, and I'm like, okay. I took a big breath and just relaxed, shook my shoulders, just like relaxed my shoulders and got on the board. And I was like, okay, gotta do what I gotta do. Like, yeah. press that board down, jump as high as I can, and rip the dive. And yeah. that's what I that's what I did. I had a great great event. I did some great diving. Unfortunately. Uh, didn't didn't make it didn't make didn't achieve didn't well not achieve but the right word is didn't get to to the objective of of uh, the target that i aimed that I was aiming for uh, I, I fell short for a couple of points uh but it's it's okay i still had a great event i knew i gave my all you know yeah. i didn't miss a dive well i i missed a little part of the dive but i can't complain with my with, with my performance i was happy yeah. and that crowd at the very beginning, it was a little bit scary, but at the end, it was just like amazing. Amazing, and I suppose it's yeah, what we're talking about. It's, awesome. it's marginal errors that make the difference between maybe the tenth place and the first place. In in it's diving, yes, yeah, marginal errors, I mean, as you say, marginal, tiny, marginal. tiny little errors make make a think, big difference. Think about this: I I was out of the final in um, 2016. I got 13th, so I was the first one that didn't make the final. Right. Um, and in front of me, there was Jack Lowe, the British diver. He, he, got, he got 12 in the semis 
and ended up second in the final. So he made the, he's, he's a great diver. He made a few mistakes throughout the semifinal as everyone did in Rio. Uh, I was two points behind him out of uh, 400 points. Two points for, I was out for two points out of 400 points that was the whole competition. Wow. So, or, or for example, in London, I was three points behind the, 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 the guy that made it to the semifinal. So 18th place makes it to the semifinal. I ended up 20th. Right. I, I scored 430, 433 points, something like that. And the guy that made it to the semifinal with the 18th place, he was 436. So right. three points out of 435 is... Um, it's very yeah. little percentage. It's very, it's very. very close. And, uh, and what, I, what, what I gotta say, one thing that I gotta say about that is that the same event, so the qualification for the Olympic Games, so the, the, the one day that I qualified, I scored the exact same points for 30 something and ended up eight or 10th, don't remember. Yes. So I was top 10. And four months later at the Olympics, same score, I was 20th. Yeah. So the, the one thing is that each competition is a little bit different from, well, it is different from the other. You can win an Olympic game with 450 points one day and four years later you need 550 because yeah. just everyone, the average diving went just like higher, you know? Yeah, of course. So it's not an easy sport, but No, no, but it's it, awesome. it, I think it shows, yeah, it, it sounds, I've uh-huh. been absolutely intrigued throughout this whole interview process yeah. just learning about your journey it's amazing mm. so you've done your first olympics and you've said you know you've you've had the battle with the the presence of superstar athletes you having to deal with the whole occasion how was your experience on your second olympics because i'm assuming much, that's very different it is much different and the thing that made it different the most is the fact that we didn't stay in the olympic village unfortunately Okay. Um, unfortunately, my team decided to stay at a residence hall right in front of the pool because okay. uh, the, the managers thought that it would have been much easier knowing where the Olympic Village was. Uh, it was like, I'd say, 20 minutes bus ride from the Olympic Village, okay, Olympic Village to the pool. You know, it would have taken 20 minutes more or less. So when we went there for the World Cup, the qualification, uh, the, the trials for the, for the Olympic Games uh, in February, the four months before the Olympic Games, we saw these residence halls that were available uh, to teams that wanted to stay there instead of staying at the, Olymp- at the Olympic Village. So what, my manager, well, what the managers of the Italian team decided to do was book a place book some apartments there right in front of the pool just across the street so was it like the door to door was like 100 meters so very simple to get there you know it would have taken two minutes walking from my room to the board and unfortunately when we got back there in august uh the organization committee uh fans they put a, fa- a metal fence around the whole like uh, mm, pool and all the other uh, sporting um, locations, like uh, the where was there the, the tennis arena yeah. and the gymnastics arena and the swimming pool and the diving pool. So they fenced it all around and gate and put gates. And the only one where we were allowed to get in was like thirty minutes walk away. Oh, no. So. 
yeah, so at that point, we, we thought that it, we would have made it in two minutes instead of 20 minutes bus oh, ride. And at the end, it was a 30 minutes walk, not right. even a bus ride. So yeah. we got screwed pretty much. And yeah. me, me as an athlete, I was, uh, I was a little bit pissed. I, I wasn't happy with that. I wanted to experience again the the Olympic Village on a daily basis. We went there two, three times just to visit the friends and you know just just to just to see it, just to go there. Uh, but you did. It's not the same thing. It becomes just like a regular event, not the Olympics. Right. So that wow. made a big difference. Uh, so that's just for the living, and the competition was just like a lower level overall compared to London. So. Okay. It, it, London, from my point of view, London was just much, much better, but I got a, a worse result. Right, okay. Yeah, yeah. So I got 20th and 13th in Rio and 20th in, in London. So both times I was out of the semifinal and final for just a couple of points. points. So I got to say, I didn't, luck wasn't on my side that, yes, that day. But, but I still enjoyed what I did. London much more than, than Rio, I think. And I think, you know, you're saying that you maybe weren't happy. The margins was tiny, but at the end of the day, you're a two-time Olympian and there isn't a yeah. lot of people on the planet who can say they've represented their country in the Olympics. It's, no, I'm, I'm, I'm it's amazing. So, um, yeah, I'm, I am. I've done it, but I am amazed of what it means. Like, yeah. I, and that's the reason why I, I aimed for it so much when I was younger and didn't, didn't qualify the first few times I tried that's that's the reason because it amazes me like what the olympics are i mean i i'm in my house i still have like the rings pretty much everywhere i i is that is one thing that i love and it became uh as i told you before it became as a hobby and a passion and i loved it so much that when it became my job i never felt like i had to go to work one day yeah i never felt like not even now that I'm a coach, I'm aiming for the same thing. I want to take one of the kids I coach to the Olympic Games. I want to be a great coach and aim for that. Well, I never say I'm, I'm going to work. I'm, I go to the pool. I go teach. I go coach. I, I don't say I go to coach. I never really go to work. And that's what, what you get if you make your hobby, your passion, and your, well, of course, they're the same thing. Your passion becomes your, your job. That's the only way to... to, to be like you, that, you know. I have answered my question there because I was going to say, you know, once you retired, you you hung up the trunks. You've very much stayed in the world of diving, and you're you're now a yes. coach. And what are your you you you've touched on your aspirations? Your aspirations are now to coach a young person to the Olympics. Yes, and, definitely. That's why how's, I go how's to that going every day. That's going well. I have a, a, a quite a big group of young kids, uh, between eight and 15 years old uh they're good they're um uh i got a few uh national titles last season congratulations um, yeah uh with uh, three three guys i've got a couple that are in the top five in their category in their age group um of course i'm, I'm still talking about young kids i mean yeah, in diving as i said before you gotta you gotta develop your skills early but they're still young enough to, uh, well, unfortunately, they're too young to um, kind of fight for a goal at uh, the higher stage at the moment at the national championship. So in their age group, they're, they're national champions, these three. 
that I'm thinking about. There is a the youngest one is good, is a potential potential great diver. It's very elegant and sharp to watch diving, which is something. The aesthetics in diving is something very important. You've answered that uh, question. I was just about to say, is there, is there one or two people that you look and go, this person can yeah, be are, in a champion. This person can be in the Olympian. Oh, this person yeah, can they, be an Olympic they, Yes, yes. I, I got to be honest. I, I told them, because I'm a honest person, I'm a honest coach, and I think that being honest with your divers is the, is the most important thing with your athletes in general. As a coach, you got to be straightforward and honest. And tell them what you what do you expect from them. Ask them what they expect from themselves, because that's something very important. Just a couple of days ago, I had a friend. Uh, I had one of um, my guy, one of the kids that I coach is uh, 11, and he told me, "Look, I, I, I don't want to get in the elite group where I gotta dive four hours a day. I want to do track and field as well. I want to play the guitar. I want to do other things." Yeah, of like, course, perfect. He, he has been very honest with me, and I told him, "Perfect." Just know that I'm not going to push you as hard as I would push someone that I think and I want and he wants as well yeah, to get to the higher level, you know? So it's a very honest and straightforward relationship with my, with my divers. And there are, uh, I'd say, one, two, three, four. Four out of ten that I coach uh, in, the, in, in my group that they are the ones three three four people out of ten that i think they can get uh first of all at the junior europeans which is the first step yeah, of course junior and uh, i mean european and world junior championship which is gonna happen hopefully uh they'll be able to go there in two years so if in two years um we're there uh I'm I'm gonna be happy because I'm I'm gonna be like on track yeah, of course. with what I want to do. As of right now, the only uh, way for me to understand if I'm on track with my job, with teaching them, and with getting where I want to get, is knowing what I'm doing at the national level. Well, one of them, one of them uh, um, that was old enough, he competed at the Mediterranean Cup. There's a little international meet that. Um, where all the Mediterranean uh, countries go to with the diving team, you know. Yeah, so but... that's uh, that's what he did. Is a is pre pre European pretty much championship. Wow. So the previous stage. So he went there. He did great. He won there too. So I, I, I that's a way for me to keep keep track if I'm doing good. And yeah. the other way is knowing what dives the Olympic champions are doing right now. Yes. So if for example now there's gonna be Tokyo 2021. And uh, I, I know already what dives all the best divers have. Okay. And, I got, and I made a little like a ladder. I, I call it a ladder. So I know that each step, each year, these, these divers have to do this dive and then this other dive and then they have to score this much points, you know? Yes, of course. As of right now, that's the only way I have to figure out and manage the situation and figure out if I'm doing good. And so far with these three, four kids, I'm... Um, I'm on, I'm on track. That's I'd absolutely say even fantastic. four or five. Yeah. And, but, you know, the, 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 the hard part with, with the job of any coach, not just mine, is that now they're 10, year, 10 11, 12-year-old kids. In three years, they, they want to go out. They're going to meet their first uh, girlfriend. They're going to have, like, 
you know, this generation has Fortnite and yes, PlayStation. You know, it's that's social something. Media. I, social media, you know, that, so that's something. That's why I'm saying out of these ten that I have, three or four have the mindset to get yes. there. You know, because I can see already like they'd rather be on the board diving. I suppose tying this interview up and and looking at your career. Is there anything that you, not necessarily regret, but is there anything you wish you had done differently? Throughout my diving career? Yes. Uh, yeah, it's hard to say. No, honest, I don't have regrets. But something that I could have done differently, maybe I should have tried to qualify for the Olympic Games in 2008 on springboard as well and not just on platform. I, without practicing springboard that year, I managed to get third place at Italian trials to go to the Olympic trials and without practicing. So I was like very close to the second spot, which was one of my cousins. Uh, as I told you before, <laughs> oh, wow. I dove with them. So they, both my cousins went to Beijing World Cup to, on three meter springboard. And I went on uh, synchronized diving 10 meters. I didn't make it. And both that both of them made it on three meter springboard, and I was really close without practicing. That, so your cousins went to the Olympics as well. Excuse me. So your cousins went to the Olympics yeah. in two thousand eight. We are. Um, my grandma had ten nephews, ten uh, yeah nephews wow. and uh, nieces, and out of ten of them, five went to the Olympics. Wow, that is yeah. what a sport and family. That is just yeah, an amazing it's, achievement. It's it's funny. It's funny. I had this talk with my girlfriend the other day, and uh, well, yeah, like a couple of weeks ago, and we were, and I asked her, think about this. Like out of my my family, my close cousins, because we grew up all together all the time, and this is the yeah. part, the side of the family that we had this house in uh, in the countryside where there was the pool where I started diving, and I told her, I asked my girlfriend, I was like. Would you say that my family is a sporting family, knowing that five out of 10 cousins went to the Olympics? Or would you say that we lack in, in, in the sporting activities within the family, knowing that the other five nephews have never done one sport in their life? So, it, I mean, I'm not joking, we're 10, yeah. five went to the Olympics, five, never participated in an agonistic in a, in a sport event 50 50 50 percent of you to, to go to the olympics <laughs> yeah. is is a massive achievement you it know? is i don't it know i'm trying to think who else i know who have been to the olympics i know a couple of people who have been to the olympics but it's so few and far between that there's five of you in my family who okay. which is just yeah, yeah, it's obviously it's in the blood. It's in the yeah, genes. Yeah, yeah, it's in the genes, and we 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 had a lot. We have we had a lot of fun. Unfortunately, we never managed to go all five together. First of yes. all, because four of us are guys, and only one is a girl. And uh, having four guys, well, there's also an age difference. Uh, of course. So we never managed to go all together. And uh, uh, but it's but it's okay. We still we, it's still amazing. Um, oh, I think it's it's, yeah. it's something I I, I had fun telling. Uh, this story which is, is something interesting but yeah about the regrets uh, no really I, I could have had an extra olympic game in my belt but probably I, I also say that if i would have gone to beijing 2008 before beijing i had this plan in my head where i wanted to go to the olympics participate in the olympics in 2008 
then compete at uh, Rome 2009 World Championship that we hosted here in Rome in my pool in front of my friends and family. And then I wanted to graduate from college and, and quit right away in 2010. So that was, okay. that was my plan. And it all went to hell. And after that, I, I realized, ah, stop making plans. Just like, yes. go, go ride the wave until the yes, wave is there, you know? Not, yeah, don't yeah. make plans because when you make plans, especially in sports, like things can change so quickly. And yes. you can, you know, within a year, I didn't make it to the Olympics in 2008 and I became, and I shifted from platform diving to springboard diving and I kept going for another nine, eight, nine years. So with diving when that, when that wasn't the plan. So yeah, the, the only like regret it. could be, could be getting ready for the springboard event in 2008. That, that might've been, and probably, no, probably with my career, probably learning some, ways of competing like the, the, the it's hard to explain because uh, when I was between the 15 years old until 2021 20, when then I went to college I, ne I, I didn't have a solid attitude in in the competition that that's one thing probably going to the psychologist before probably wow, if I would yeah. have gone to, a, to see a psychologist before because uh, I went the first time in 2006 2007 if I would have okay. gone before like I'd say 2002 2003 when I was 16 17 18 yeah. I would have I would have done so much better not, not better I would have done more not better probably not so, it's not a matter of quality it's a matter of quantity of what I did yeah of course so uh, along the lines you know what piece of advice would you give an upcoming athlete or a young person you've talked about riding the wave don't make plans too far in the future and kind of live in the moment would another piece of advice you would give people is seek a psychologist early in your sporting career oh yeah well not not early is okay sometimes people people give you give you advice and they the only advice you should never give to a person is go see a psychologist because because if you if you inside don't feel that need you'll never find interesting or you, you'll never you'll never seek for a psychologist's help if you don't think it will help you if they force it on you it doesn't work and i gotta say my mom once talked about other people it came out the, the, the psychologist thing came out and I was like you know what I, I was I remember one night in Arizona I was going to bed and I was like you know that might that might help that might help uh, that might help it was for a totally different thing it, it was for a, a love situation the first time I went to a psychologist it was just for a matter of uh, for a breakup I was down uh, not depressed but I was a little bit bummed about it and I couldn't sleep well, and I couldn't focus in practice. And I was like, you know what? I have a great, great psychologist here at Arizona State. He worked with the Phoenix Suns. He worked in NFL, NHL. Like, it was a pro, a pro with uh, athletes. So, like, you know, I'm going to go there. Talk a little bit. Had a great time. I helped a lot. Learned a lot of myself. And when I came back home, I, I went again to see uh, the, the one that then took me all the way to Rio. Like when I moved back to Rome in 2010, I went and, be, and talked with him 
and then he, he worked with me throughout the rest of my career for eight years. And I remember, funny thing, when I qualified in London, it was the week I was approaching my competition. It was, I remember my competition February 21st of 2012, and I'm 99% sure it was a Monday, okay? And we went there, I'd say like on a Wednesday before to get ready for the competitions that would start on that Monday. So, and it was Friday. It was a Friday afternoon practice in London, three days away from my event that qualified me to the, to the Olympic Games. And my psychologist stayed at home because it wasn't the national team psychologist. It was just mine, you know, my team, my home team. And I remember I was doing this workout in the pool and I was just like not feeling well, you know, just, I was getting nervous and I was, just, I was just, I felt a lot of pressure on myself. And I was like, if he doesn't come here, I'm not going to make it. So yeah. I bought him a ticket to London, wow. booked a room for three days for him in London. And he got, he came there and I was like, I talked with him. We did a little uh, um, training, uh, mental training, yeah, yeah. just to relax. My coach, which is, he had the best piece of advice that, I could, that a coach could give to a nervous, a nervous diver the day before his event, because on the Sunday afternoon practice, the day before my event, my coach goes, don't practice. Go have a pint at the pub. Really? Wow. I swear. I swear. And that's what I did. With, uh, with uh, my friend Alex from Canada, from Canada that was competing with me and the, my brother, pretty much, we were like, we took the afternoon off. We were in perfect shape. Yes, of course. It, there was no point of busting our balls on the <laughs> board for doing more dives that we didn't need. Yes. We were doing great. Yeah, and sometimes it's nice to just get away from the thing that's consuming your mind so much, relaxing. Yeah. Take your mind back so great. you can come yeah. back fresh and feel revitalized. So I think that's a fantastic piece of advice. And the yeah. fact that an Olympic coach, an elite national coach, is giving you that advice yeah. and, and noticing yeah. these little triggers. Like, relax. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. I, I went in the morning that Sunday, the day before. My psychologist was, was there. We already did a couple of sessions just to relax. I was having fun now again after I, I struggled the very first couple of days. I, I was good. And he told me, just, just go have a pint. I had one, yeah, just one, yeah, no more. I didn't want to get drunk. Yeah. I just relaxed. And uh, went back to the room, spent the night in my bed reading and just like relaxing. When I saw my mom and dad, because they got to got in town. Uh, no, I mean, uh, sorry, that was for the Olympics. I, I messed up. Uh, for the qualification, they didn't. Uh, for the trials they did and I, I was on the phone with them I, I met someone that night I don't remember who probably is the, the psychologist yeah. after I went for the beer just relaxed went to bed I had my own room I didn't share my room so I was and I woke up and went and qualified what, what I love about that story is the the dedication and the, the determination to become an Olympian the fact that you paid for your psychologist to fly from Italy to London yeah. I just think oh, that shows yeah. A total commitment, and I think there's a lot. People can take a lot from that. That you know, it's not always the physical as side; it's the you, mental side as well when it comes to competing. Is, as I told you at the very beginning of the interview, I as uh, to go to the Olympics. I, at that point, I didn't go yet. I, I didn't qualify yet. So, and I came for 2004 and 2008, having my dreams crushed 
right before the Olympic Games. So I was like, as I said at the beginning of the interview, I would have gave my arm yes, to course. go there, you know? I would have gave my arm. So what is it? I don't know, three, 400 euros for a flight and a three nights yeah. at a hotel, you know? Uh, it, with, with the low-cost flights, it's, it's cheap. And, and in Stratford, it, it was cheap finding at that point. Before the Olympics, it was cheap finding a room. Yeah. So it was just like, it, it was something I would have never, uh, I, I would have never wanted to not do, you know? It's right there. It's two hour, two and a half hours flight. Come here, fix my hand. We do what we're here. Let's do what we are here to do. It's just like, why not? No, I think that's and just amazing. That's it. And I think anyone and think about this. just takes so much from that. Well, yeah, I, 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 think, uh, I think if you feel like you're, uh, that's one it's not a regret but something that later on i thought oh damn it i should have done it before of course that's something that knowing that if you want to improve you get it especially in some sports in those frustrating sports that drive you crazy some days and i think about uh golfing tennis uh diving those individual sports where you cannot find help outside of yourself yeah. well you're not alone. The advice is you're not alone. Ask your coach, ask your teammates, ask your psychologist, ask even, even your nutritionist, even like anyone that has had a tiny bit, a tiny bit of experience in sports can help you. Even if they didn't go to the Olympics, even if they're not elite athletes, most of the times in my career, I've seen athletes that were like, talented and great and Olympic champions, Olympic medalists that cannot give you a piece of advice technically because yeah. they were talented and they did it naturally. And maybe the, the, the crappy divers know the struggle to get to that exact point, the exact shape, you know? You, I, I, I don't know kickboxing that well. I know you have been a great kickboxer, <laughs> but <laughs> I <was laughs> no, okay. I, I know you have been a kickboxer. But I, I don't know the sport very well, but think about a, a guy that can kick higher than you and get all, all the time gets the head of the opponent and doesn't know how because it it's just a natural movement for them. Of course, and I think and it is. You might have, yeah, you know, and you might have worked your butt off for months and months and months and you got it only once, you yes. know? Well, you can coach better and teach a younger athlete much more than that talented diver I, or talented athlete. 100% agree. I definitely think those yeah. that maybe weren't as talented have to break things down into smaller chunks to understand better yeah. and therefore coach yeah. a lot better. So I am 100% yeah. behind that theory. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I'm probably that person. I maybe wasn't the most talented, but I broke yeah. things down in order to to build it back up again and stages. Yeah. And, and if I teach, I like to do that. I like to break things down into very small chunks that they can then put together. Yeah. And, and the whole explain picture. like the talented, and this is, this is funny because this discussion, we had it with, with Alex, the party, this Canadian diver, so twice silver medal at Olympic games, twice the only diver in the world to get gold medal at world championship on three on the three individual boards that there are in diving. So one meter, three meter and platform is the only one has ever done it in history. So very talented, That's amazing awesome. diver, Commonwealth game champ, uh, champion many times. 
he told me once at the pool, I was like, I do a dive. The coach didn't see it. I was like, how was it? Don't ask me. I, ca I can't coach. I, I can't give you a piece of advice. I was like, oh, okay, I, I understand that. I, I understand. Don't worry. It's fine. Move on, whatever. Mickey, it's been absolutely amazing having you on today. I can't thank you enough for your time. I've absolutely loved learning about your journey from a child diving with your cousin and with your auntie all the yeah. way through your Olympic journey and obviously your aspirations now as a coach and what you want to do. So I'm going to try it. Grazie per essere venuto allo spettacolo oggi. Prego. It has been a pleasure for me. It's uh... It was a great interview. It was great uh, chatting with you. And uh, hopefully we can do it again soon in Newcastle or Rome in front of a pint. That would be absolutely amazing. Thank you so <laughs> much. Thank you for listening to another episode of Hobby of a Lifestyle. Hope you've enjoyed the show and we'll see you soon. Stay safe. <laughs>